Welcome to Who's Your Ag Today's morning podcast on the 5th of January, 2023. The Thursday podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust. Proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. They're online at ffbt.com. I'm Andy Eubank. On the way, the latest Indiana farm news, markets, and weather today. Coming up in the news, we'll learn more about a Hamilton County farmer ready to compete in Puerto Rico at the Farm Bureau Annual Convention. Also, what you can do now to get ahead of Tar Spot in 2023. Eric Pfeiffer and C.J. Miller with those stories. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin has colder weather and some snow. And the markets yesterday sold off again. Analysis with Tom Fritz today on the morning podcast. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. Competing at the Farm Bureau Convention and how to get ahead of tar spot. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. The American Farm Bureau Convention will take place in Puerto Rico beginning this weekend. Plenty of Indiana Farm Bureau members will make the trip, including Hamilton County's Rachel Hyde, who is the winner of the INFB discussion meet during their annual convention in December. Hyde is a farmer, and she also works at Beck's Hybrids as a field sales marketing coordinator. She told Hat she had a lot of fun with the discussion meet. And I love discussing ag issues anytime, so I just looked at it more as a discussion again. And some good advice that I got was, yes, this is a fake conversation, right, because it is for a contest. But just think about it as a real discussion because you really are talking with peers in ag. A number of ag topics were discussed during the discussion meet, including ag technology, the supply chain, economic sustainability, and of course climate. Climate's a buzzword in ag. We all know that. And so for me, one thing that I hammered home was as a farmer, I believe that climate initiatives should really be decisions at the farm gate, but it must drive profitability and ROI. So on our farm, we already practice a lot of climate-friendly initiatives. We no-till, we practice variable rate chemical and fertilizer. And so I brought up those discussions from our own farm and really enjoyed that climate discussion. Hyde will now compete in Puerto Rico with the National Young Farmer and Rancher Discussion Meet. She says she's looking forward to meeting new people in San Juan. I can sometimes get in my own box of row crops. So coming from a corn and soybean operation and then uh, showing on the livestock circuit and raising club lambs. But what I'm most excited about is getting opinions from other folks who are in other different types of agriculture. Because here in Indiana, we can very much just think about corn and beans and row crop production acres. So I'm excited to kind of get their opinions and really think about policy in a different light. Hyde won $4,000 for her discussion meet victory and an all-expenses-paid trip to Puerto Rico to compete in that national competition. We'll be following her progress along here. Be sure to follow us on social media. As you plan now for spring planting, you may be thinking ahead on how to prevent tar spot from robbing your corn yields this fall. 
C.J. Miller reports on several things you can do right now to lower your risk this growing season. Unfortunately, you know, it's here, it's now endemic, it's not going away. And that's Dr. Marty Chilvers, associate professor at Michigan State University. He was recently a guest speaker at the Tar Spot Summit hosted by AgriLiant Genetics. Chilvers has been studying the impact of tar spot on corn since it first popped up in the Midwest in 2015. It survives in residue, and over the years we've just seen it spread out across the landscape and it's continuing to spread, right? We've got reports, I think South Dakota now as well, so it's really spreading out, and it'll continue to do so. It doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime soon. He says crop rotation and no-till have had no impact on preventing tar spot. It's partly down to the way the disease moves and it can move many miles and so this, this is part of the issue. We've had farmers that haven't had corn in a particular field. They put corn in and then they've been smoked with tar spot just because the spores are blowing in from outside and so that's why we're not recommending you know moldboard ploughing or burning stubble or anything like that. It's not really going to have much of an influence on the disease that's going to develop the next season. Chilvers has several recommendations to try and keep tar spot from becoming an issue this growing season. Hybrid selection is number one. Making sure we've got good tolerance a good tar spot score number one thing you should be doing speaking to your seed dealer about number two is you know what is the weather going to do right like and if you're irrigating you are at slightly increased risk in this you know you just want to minimize leaf wetness events if possible during the season uh, in terms of active management certainly be scouting talking to your neighbors and then a well-timed fungicide when it's warranted uh, between vt and r3 is typically what we're seeing year in and year out read more at hoosieragtoday.com I'm C.J. Miller. And I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. Looking at your Thursday here, we are chilly and we're going to be dealing with some on-again, off-again light snow. What we have is the backside wraparound moisture of the second low that is lifting out of here. This is all going back to that system that hit us, what, two days ago? Yeah, it's still impacting our area here. And we have wraparound moisture from that that's going to be giving us some cold air snow flurry activity. That's basically what I'm going to call it. Yes, you'll notice the snow in central and northern Indiana. Do I think it accumulates and causes problems? No, I don't. It's just going to be a nuisance snow. Southern Indiana gets away with nothing. We clear out overnight tonight, and I think we see some sunshine breaking through the clouds tomorrow. That sunshine now stays through a decent part of Saturday as well. I'm pushing the precipitation back even farther. Uh, We see clouds increasing Saturday afternoon, but our next round of moisture, rain, and maybe some wet snowflake activity comes after sunset uh, Saturday night goes through the overnight and by mid to late morning on Sunday it's done liquid equivalent totals a few hundreds to maybe a quarter of an inch with about 80 percent coverage then we go into dry weather mode for Monday through Thursday of next week temperatures not looking as chilly either I'm going to call temperatures normal to slightly above normal for this time of year and then we have another significant frontal complex trying to come together to our west overnight Thursday night that likely brings rain into Indiana maybe even a chance for some wet snow as we move from Friday into Friday night early Saturday right now liquid equivalency is looking at a tenth to probably three quarters of an inch so we'll have to see track of low and track of cold air mass to see exactly what kind of precipitation can come out of it. Lots of days here before we get to that, though, so I'm not going to talk about it in a big way just yet. Just know that we have another round of moisture coming late next week. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. 
More pressure in the grain and oil seed markets. This is Who's Your Ag Today. It's the Wednesday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank with settlements coming up. This update is brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. Big enough to get the top corn and soybean genetics you want and small enough to care about you. More at SeedGeneticsDirect.com. Those settlements on the way. First market analysis. I got that from Tom Fritz in Chicago at the end of trade. Tom, a sell-off for day number two here in the new year. Corn, soybeans, wheat, all lower, sharply lower, especially in corn and wheat. And the bean market succumbed finally after trying to work to the high side. What happened there? Well, I think the uh, uh, the soybean market uh, did indeed want to, you know, try to stand in given what's going on in Argentina. But, you know, there's a lot of push-pull here, Andy, for the bean market. You know, Argentine conditions, okay, they saw some pretty decent rain over the weekend, but they're not going to see any more, uh, you know, rain like that for the next two weeks. Um, Brazil? You know they're uh, you know they're getting all the water they could possibly want. In fact, uh, some of the harvest ready areas, you know, there's a little bit of a worry, but uh, you know about maybe too much water. But uh, you know, still, uh, we have to ask ourselves um, the probability that uh, Brazil is going to have a big crop the pro- versus the probability that Argentina could have a short crop. So who wins in the end? Um, you know, also what's happening with China. Uh, you know, last week, uh, you know, China was big news and is that uh, the virus was running rampant. Uh, health centers were being overrun. And we haven't heard much about that over the last couple of days. So USDA did have, uh, you know, a small bean sale announcement for us today. But, uh, no, I do think the uh, soybean market is going to try to stand in. And uh, I'm looking at the soybean meal market. Um, soybean meal is back in support. Well, for that matter, soybeans are back in support. You know, and these are technical observations. Uh, but uh, the meal market, we've got excellent uh, export demand for meal. Um, couldn't help but notice today the rail basis for meal, you know, the interior rail basis for meal is sharply higher. Uh, so, um, you know, there is demand for meal. Uh, you know, guys who, uh, you know, arrange it to, you know, to receive it by rail, they're going to pay through the nose for it. Um, you know, rail cars are tight. So, you know, with all that being said, I think the soybean market will indeed try to stand in. Um, you know, I thought it was going to, you know, stand in today, but, you know, when you see wheat down 30 cents, corn down almost 17 cents, that's a little bit tough to handle. Um, you know, corn's down, uh, you know, because of wheat prices. Wheat prices are down because European wheat prices are down. Black Sea wheat prices are down. Um, there is some global business happening, but uh, none of it's coming towards the uh, U.S. Uh, yesterday, we had the uh, weekly export inspections. Now, granted, it was a shortened holiday week, but 85,000 tons, you know, why don't you just tell us we didn't ship any wheat out? You know, because there's not much difference between zero and 85,000 tons. And next week's uh, weekly export inspections could be similar because it is also a holiday-shortened week. So, you know, the wheat market's taking it on the chin. Uh, You know, global prices are down hard. And, uh, you know, we're a follower. Uh, Yesterday afternoon, the USDA uh, gave us some selected winter wheat state uh, conditions for uh, you know the the respective uh, winter wheat, and uh, as a whole, uh, winter wheat is not faring too well so far. But you know it is only January, and that can change. Uh, I learned a long time ago. You know, uh, wheat may look lousy now, but 
you know, what happens this spring if we uh, happen to get some decent moisture. So, you know, it's it's hard to trade uh, poor wheat conditions in early January. Um, you know, what are you going to do? You know, you're going to trade this for the next four months? Well, that's a little bit difficult to do. So, you know, I thought the wheat market was vulnerable yesterday, but I didn't think it was vulnerable to the tune of 30 cents today. So uh, maybe a little bit of short-term overdone on the downside. Uh, corn market, you know, okay, not only was wheat sharply lower, but crude oil sharply lower. Uh, sharply lower crude oil is going to impact ethanol. Uh, yesterday, uh, the USDA came out with some monthly uh, disappearance numbers. Corn disappearance continues to lag. So, you know, that uh, begs the question on January 12th, when the USDA updates production as well as demand numbers, will the USDA um, increase the uh, carryout based on uh, lowering demand numbers? Well, you know, they could lower uh, production numbers, but I don't know. I'm not seeing that. Uh, sure, the West had a poor crop. Uh, the central areas of the Midwest, they had a pretty decent crop. The eastern uh, areas, it was an okay crop. So uh, I'm not looking for much of a change in the uh, final production number, but I do think our uh, demand numbers are a little bit suspect for corn. But, you know, here, we've lost, uh, what, 30 cents uh, in the matter of a couple of days. Wheat markets lost, uh, what is this, uh, what was uh, March wheat on Friday was uh, in the 790s. Now we're in the 740s. So short term, you know, I'd like to think, okay, maybe, you know, uh, a little bit of a short term oversold here. Uh, but do we have a uh, rationale for ownership other than a short term oversold? Not really. You know, it's where's the demand? You know, we just don't have it. And uh, soybeans, like I said, push pull. Uh, I like what I see in the meal market. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I could be wrong, but, uh, I would expect the meal market to, uh, temper, uh, the recent losses that we've seen in the soybean market. And that's Tom Fritz, analyst with EFG Group in Chicago. On the hat, Wednesday farm market review, everything down. March corn, 653 and three quarters, 16 and three quarters down. May contract, 654, loses 16 and a quarter. Nine cents lower at the close in beans for January, 1478 and a quarter. March, 1483 and a half, eight and three quarters down. March wheat, 745 and a half. That was a 30 cent loss. The meats did go mixed. February live cattle, 157.27, up 42. But Febbeline hogs, 83.50, down $1.57. I'm Andy Eubank with the Wednesday Market Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today, timely, relevant, credible.